Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Dr. Lomborg, thank you for the time. And in your newsletter, you agree physical distancing must be adhered to until a vaccine is developed, but shutdown policies seen globally cannot be sustained long-term because the impact will be devastating on economies. Uh, we're hearing on this program regularly as we speak with the president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, including our conversation yesterday that 51% of small business owners question whether they'll be able to return to being open if the lockdown in Canada continues until the end of May. So in a macro sense, and you're in Sweden where they haven't, where they don't have a lockdown, in a macro sense, how bad are things? Well, things are certainly very bad, and they're going to get a lot worse. And that's, of course, why the policy of just simply uh, eliminating all uh, corona is not sustainable because you can't keep people locked down forever for a year or two years until we have a vaccine. Uh, we're already seeing that in other economies uh, in Norway where they haven't had a particularly strong uh, lockdown. Uh, right after they uh, instigated it, uh, cell phone coverage showed that people actually reduced their movement by about 65%. Uh, but one month later, it's down to just 34% production. People just can't stay inside forever. And, of course, at the same time, as you point out, the economies can't sustain this either. We're actually going to see a dramatic reduction in our output. And at some point, we need to have a conversation about what is actually the smartest strategy. I spoke last weekend with a political science professor at Gothenburg University in uh, Sweden about the Swedish approach where they have no lockdown. And you write about that in your most recent uh, piece on your newsletter, and uh, you're pointing to Sweden as a potential example for the rest of us, and you're in Sweden now. So what's going on in Sweden today? Well, fundamentally, the point that Sweden has done is actually what the epidemiologists were telling us to do. It's also what was implied in the Imperial College study, the one that changed both uh, the minds of uh, President Trump and Prime Minister uh, 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 Boris Johnson. Uh, it is the idea that you should reduce social interaction, but you should not clamp it down entirely. So the main idea is to say we need to flatten the curve to make sure that we're under the capacity of the uh, healthcare system. That is, we don't have so many people getting sick that they can't get treatment in the hospital. Sweden has done that. Many nations have done that. But what has then happened is there's been sort of a shift towards saying, no, let's get entirely rid of corona. Let's just keep the lockdown until there's almost no corona left over. But of course, what you actually end up with is a society that has a huge economic cost, namely from the very strong lockdown, but you don't get rid of corona. You're just simply waiting, as you mentioned earlier, for the second wave that will come in the fall when it's going to be much, much worse. So, you know, mostly epidemiology, epidemiology, uh, I can't say that word. And Neither can I, so I'm not going to help you. <laughs> yeah, they, they tell us that you should reduce it 
So you're below uh, capacity, but you should not reduce it to zero. And that's what Sweden has done. They have put in restrictions. So they're protecting the over 70s. Uh, they're asking people you know, to stay safe. They're also asking them to uh, uh, stay at home if they can work from home. Uh, they've also canceled high schools, but not primary and secondary schools. So there is a, a sense that you've certainly reduced your uh, your contact with other people. You're socially distancing, but you're not locked down. That is sustainable. That's something you can actually envision having people go through for months on end. When you say sustainable, you mean for the economy of Sweden, the approach that they've undertaken, is that sustaining their economic uh, momentum? Well, it's actually sustainable in both senses. It's certainly better for the economy, but it's also the only thing you, you can envision people agreeing to in the long term. You're basically you know, seeing people in these strong lockdowns becoming stir crazy. Uh, I totally understand that. You know, if you stay at, uh, uh, you're locked down for a week, you can do that. Maybe a month. You can't do this for half or uh, one and a half years. That's just simply impossible. Uh, so what you'll end up with is a situation where if you run the, the lockdown cost, you will eventually open up a little bit. Then you have to close down again. Then you open up, you close down, and you essentially lose the uh, trust of the citizens because eventually they're just not going to let you do that again. Instead, you need to have something that's actually sustainable. That is something that makes sufficient social distancing that you keep the amount of infection below the capacity of the healthcare system, but not one that tries to go to zero, which only opens you up for a second wave. In your newsletter, you say that uh, you point out that some will say that's a trade-off for human life. Keeping the economy going, not locking down, is a trade-off for human life. Weighing the economic global pain versus loss of life from COVID-19. But you also write that that's a trade-off which happens every day in so many ways in our societies. Of, of course, it does all the time. We don't feel comfortable about having that conversation but we do it all the time. If you remember back to before the world shut down with COVID, uh, we had speed limits on our roads. Uh, I don't know what they are in Canada, 110 or what. Uh, and, and you have a decision to say, we ride at that speed. That means that a significant number of people die in the traffic. And we know how to reduce that. We could just you know, put speed limits at five kilometers an hour. Nobody would die. But you wouldn't have an economy either. So we deliberately and every day make a trade-off where we say we're not going to save everyone from speed deaths because we also want to have a functioning economy. And in the same way, we need to have a conversation about how many people should we save from corona. Obviously, we should do social distancing because we can save a lot of people at fairly low cost. But should we take that extra step from having a social distancing culture to one where we entirely lock down, I think both we're going to have such a hard time, we're going to lose so much economic benefit, but also we're actually going to be in an unsustainable uh, uh, setup where we can't keep the lockdown going for the year, two years, until we have the vaccine. So you're in Sweden. It's Well, it's approaching 9 o'clock on Sunday evening, so I don't know how active the retail sector would be. But were places open, if... if if the stores are open, if the hours of operation include staying open till 9 p.m. on Sunday, would you be able to now leave wherever you are and decide to go to a, a department store and purchase something that you would require? Would they be open? Yeah, 
Yeah, and and you can go in there. You stay apart from other people. You make sure you don't you know go in in their way. Uh, you have marked out uh, lines when you go into the cash register and all that stuff. But yes, life goes on much more as normal. Now, a lot of people also point out more people die in Sweden, and that's absolutely true. We have more people have died in Sweden than in the other Nordic countries. It's still much below uh, you know, some of the southern European countries. But there is a higher mortality. But remember, that is also because we have many, many more people who've gotten infected. They actually, the models actually estimate that by the end of May, it's possible that Stockholm will have herd immunity. So some way, you could also say Stockholm and Sweden has simply gone through the uh, uh, pandemic faster and will be over with corona, whereas many other places will just simply have postponed their deaths till the future when they eventually open up and then they have to close down again. So they basically get the same number of deaths only later and much, much harder economic impact. So much to consider. Yeah, so much to consider. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 